Welcome to the Branding Blueprint Podcast, where we give you the tools you need to build an unforgettable brand and walk through the chaos of building a business in real time as it happens here at Craftsman Creative. I don't know about you, but if you ever find yourself in a marketing meeting or just a meeting where you're kind of talking about what's next for your marketing department, the conversation of strategy and or creative comes up. Today, I'm going to be talking with one of my good friends, Jen Olian, and we're going to discuss what matters more, strategy or creative. Hey everyone, it's Sean Sitters, founder and CEO of Craftsman Creative. I'm super excited to be back on the podcast. I know that we've been a little bit more sporadic this summer. You can thank all of our team for taking their vacation days all at once for that. But truthfully, I'm sure everybody knows that summertime is just one of those moments where people tend to just take some time off, and I think that's awesome. And so we've just been a little bit less frequent with our podcast this summer, and my hope is that the few episodes that do come your way are really valuable for you in this season as you gear up for a really strong finish to the year. Also, so excited to welcome Jen Olian to the podcast. Jen, glad to have you. I'm excited to be here as a data geek and a failed creative, which I'm not sure how many people who know me know that. This is a topic that I'm really excited to talk about because I think both strategy and creative are highly valuable partners that work hand in hand. So this should be fun. Yeah, totally. And for those of you who don't know, I know there's a few people who who know why I invited Jen probably, but as some just color or context, Jen used to be my boss, so this isn't intimidating or anything, but I can just speak personally and say that I've learned so much from Jen, both you know personally and professionally, both in terms of what my competencies and also my soft skills. And I'm really glad to to have Jen here to talk about a really important thing whenever it comes to marketing and effectiveness for you know, just businesses in total. But Jen, do you want to kind of share a little bit about your current role? I know both of us have made career moves since we worked together directly, but now we work together in an unofficial capacity, sometimes official capacities. Tell me what you're up to. Yeah. So I am currently the vice president of marketing for a local company called Baby360. We are actually the provider of maternity education materials for new and soon-to-be parents. So really exciting. It includes everything from print to digital components and just really exciting and a really meaningful product. So that's kind of the B2B side of our business. In addition to that, I run the parent source brand, the marketing for the parent source brand as well, which is our consumer brand. So just really seeing overall marketing strategy and execution across the day-to-day. So I love it. As you all can tell, Jen's much more qualified than, than I so I'm here to ask questions and learn. I'm going to use this as a free free session to just pick your brain, basically. But let's dive right in. I guess the first thing that we kind of need to establish with this topic is what is strategy and what is creative? I know that those terms are are tossed around a lot and they can feel kind of vague or or fluffy in different instances. But from your perspective, Jen, what what would you say is strategy and what would you say is creative? Yeah. So strategy, I've always defined as insights and end goals. I think it's the best way to think about it. You really can't have one without the other, but it's really what do we know? So what do we know about the consumer? And then what are we trying to achieve? Really, what business results are we looking to? So the one thing that I always think is really interesting about strategy that I think people can forget is you need to start with the end goal. So what are you ultimately trying to achieve? And then what insights or what consumer habits do you need to understand in order to get you there? I think that's great. I was meeting with a client last week, I think it was, and we were talking about strategy. And one of the things they said to me was, whenever the topic of strategy comes up, it always feels like so vague, so hard for me to actually get started or 
And I thought that I actually made the same recommendation. Work, work backwards. You know, tell me what is the desired end goal, and then work backwards from there in terms of developing a plan to actually get to that end result. And I've always thought of strategy as I think of things very practically, and I've always thought about it as a plan to get you from you know where you currently are to where you want to be. And using a lot of different tactics to make that happen, but not too many tactics to where it becomes, you know, hindersome, where you can't actually execute it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and that I think really stops a lot of businesses is they kind of find themselves in a situation where they're <laughs> kind of spinning their wheels, and there's all this madness going on, and it's almost like you know a cloud of fifty different marketing activities that they know need to happen, but they have really no clue. And they almost don't give themselves permission to kind of whittle that down and just focus on the essentials, if you will. What about creative? Walk me through kind of your thoughts on that. Yeah. And one thing I'll say, sorry, going back to what strategy is, because I think this is what a lot of people struggle with, too, is it can't be too narrow and it can't be too broad. And by mm -hmm. narrow, I mean, I think a lot of people assume at the end of the day, the objective is to move the needle business wise. But how you do that becomes a little bit vague and or can become troublesome. I think on the flip side, it can be too broad where people just go, we want, like you said, we want to do a little bit of everything. And so I think it's it's always that question of like, are you really trying to build awareness? You can't drive sales. You can't drive business results until people are aware you exist. And so sometimes you just purely do awareness driving campaigns. And sometimes it's genuinely about the conversion and the sale and you're far enough down the path in terms of either awareness or affinity that that really should be the end objective. So I just, sorry, just to interject there, I think that's, I think too narrow is tough. I think too broad is really, really hard to measure objectives. So the question you asked me is, what is creative? I think it is where insights, insights really come to life. How do you express something in a way that makes somebody feel something so that mm -hmm. they take an action? And so it's taking that core insight and then really articulating it in a way that compels somebody to go, I now have to move, whether that's I have to learn more about the brand I have to go actually transact with the brand, whatever it may be, it has to be compelling enough to drive behavior. Yeah, definitely. I, I talk to people about storytelling. This concept of storytelling comes up a lot <laughs> in our conversations. I'm pretty sure I've said that word maybe a dozen times today. And what I think the real kind of, you know, crux of it is, is that people really just want something, they want, they want their brand to represent something that people actually latch onto that they really connect with. And, and they want them to take action as a result of connecting with that story. And, I, and so whenever people come to me and say, I want to do video or I want to, do, I want to develop my brand story, what I think they're really saying is I, ha I have a desire to make something happen. And I think story might be the right way to go about that. But it's really important to think about the fact that story lives in a lot of different ways. And that really can define your, your creative approach in total. So that word, I think, really correlates well. Yeah, absolutely. So what would you say, I mean, what I hear a lot is a lot of confusion around both of these terms. What do you think some of the misconceptions are around strategy? Let's start there. What are misconceptions around strategy? There's no single way in. <clears throat> I think this is something that people really struggle with. Going back to medium, I think people really struggle where they go, I just want to do TV. I just want to do video. I just want to do et cetera. I think that people forget that it's, it, I always go back to the four P's of marketing, which is right person, right place, not right person, right place, sorry, <laughs> price, product, promotion, and placement. And I think you really have to think about all of those things. I, have to, I think you have to think about where are the people you're looking to talk to. Somebody who is Gen Z is going to be very different than a boomer. And so that really has to do with placement. Are you going to be online? Are you going to be traditional broadcast? And then I think it really comes to promotion, which in that case would be messaging. How do you talk about it in a way that is not only meaningful to that person, again, driving engagement and action, et cetera, 
um, talking in a way that's also native to to the platform. You have a lot lower engagement with social. You have a lot less time versus having a lot more time in TV and broadcast where engagement is much higher and people are just much more tuned in. No pun intended. So. <laughs> Can anybody else tell that Jen's a strategist at heart? I, I definitely agree with everything that you're saying. I think what I hear the most in my in my day-to-day, in my lane, is that people really just feel like it's too big of a of an undertaking. Like strategy is just like it's too much. It's it's not gonna actually end up yielding the results that I need. It might feel like a little bit of a fluffy activity or might feel like something that doesn't actually yield the results that I'm really looking for. And I think that really comes down to a lot of people just need guidance, right? Like that's why you're so beneficial in your role in your organization and you've been beneficial in other organizations that I've been a part of is because having expertise to help guide people through that process is imperative. Without that, I think you can really just spin your wheels and kind of almost live in, live in madness as opposed to having method to that madness. Yeah, I would agree. I think and I think people who struggle with strategy struggle to see the value of a core insight. So like an, a client example I'll use is when I worked on the Universal Theme Parks account, <clears throat> we did some focus groups and it was really interesting. It just kept being about having fun at the park, enjoying the time at the park and watching your kids have fun. And I will it was one of the strongest insights I've ever heard. I will never forget a dad sitting in the room and we asked the difference between Universal and their biggest competitor. And he goes at fill in the blank. You watch your children have fun. You watch them wear the mouse ears. You watch them ride these rides, but you're watching it through their eyes at Universal because it's a slightly older demographic. It's like you do it alongside them. And that was just this really beautiful insight that we ended up building an entire campaign around because it's this idea of like your children have now graduated to an age where you can go experience it with them rather than kind of secondhand. And so I think if you can find a core insight, strategy becomes less taxing and then it becomes really fun to build something beautiful around it. Yeah, that's that's really great. I think a lot of people tend to look at them, look at themselves whenever they come up with strategy or creativity as a brand. So I think that's one of the biggest problems, honestly, facing, you know, people whenever it comes to marketing teams working on campaigns like you were mentioning is there's this emphasis on like us as a brand, as opposed to what is the actual reality of the customer that I'm speaking to? What do they want? What problem are they facing and how do I solve that for them? And you kind of do some research. That's a core part of, of strategy that gets missed a lot of times. And frankly, like the investment in, in research is just, I mean, it's just undervalued in total. But with that research and with actually asking the questions, just the basic questions to your customer of what do they want, you can actually, that can mean the difference between success and failure with your marketing. A hundred percent. I am a, <clears throat> I'm a data geek at my core. And I think anybody who doesn't pause to ask the questions, I think the biggest issue is people don't pause, like you said, to understand the audience. Everybody projects themselves onto the brand or onto the need state. And it's just not the case 50 plus percent of the time. And I think with where we are living in this highly digital world where you can literally do a very quick Google Analytics lookup, you can look at the social demographics, et cetera, not pausing to make sure that you are identifying the right target is really dangerous. And once you know the right target, it's really easy then to go and find the secondary data that tells you how they use media, what me- what is meaningful to them, how they spend their time. I think I do. I think data is everything, at least in getting you to a really meaningful brief that mm. then results in really meaningful creative. Yeah. And speaking of that creative element, I mean, there's obviously a lot of data on the front end for strategy and a lot of research and a lot of really understanding your customer. But then one other thing that I see a lot of brands facing is that there's kind of, they almost feel like a little crippled whenever they do get that data and they do know the insight that they want to execute against. Then 
whether it be bureaucracy or just too many steps in the chain or or maybe people feel ill-equipped to actually go about that creative process and they try to do it themselves and they struggle or they bring in a partner and that partner struggles. <laughs> Creativity at the end of the day really needs to start with a first step and then a second step and a third step. Really, I, I think it's just important for people to feel permission to do their best and be okay with an eight or a nine out of 10 out the gate and then optimize to reach that 10 out of 10. A lot of people, I think, just really struggle to take the first step with creative if they even get to the point of developing the insights that we're talking about. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. I think it matters based on medium. You keep hearing me go back to medium, but social is very real time. You can change social. You can make mistakes for right. stuff. Mistakes are really permissible in the social space in most cases. For a brand, you can post something. It can be a little bit gritty. It can be user-generated content. And if it doesn't work, you take it down or you try something new, call it a day later. When you're doing something that's a much higher investment vehicle, like broadcast TV or video, you need to be more thorough and more thoughtful about it. You need to slow down. You need a concept. You need really a partner who's, who is <clears throat> well-versed in that area to kind of lead you through the process. And you need to do multiple internal reviews. It's just, I think, medium investment level, obviously, are key drivers of what that process even looks like. Yeah, definitely. Well, I guess what we're really trying to say for, for those listeners out there is that if you focus on you know just one, what that being strategy or creative or the other, you might be missing the mark. I think that both are really, really important. And it's really important for you to simplify, yet also really make sure that you have the right insights, that you're following the right process, that you have the right people in the room, but not, but don't do so much to where you just don't do anything, because that is probably the worst thing that you could possibly do. So, so now that we've kind of established what, what they are and, and how important strategy and creative are, let's talk about some more practical advice for how to go about finding the right mixture of those two things in actual practice. So I guess let's start with the question, Jen, what do you think in terms of what order should you go in, whether that be strategy or creative, and how does the order of things happen? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm always a strategy first person. I think part of that is because I, I love it by nature. I would get up and do it all day long if I could, and I'd get the pleasure of doing that. But you have to know your customer and you have to know what is meaningful to them before you can write that airtight brief that that creatives really uses their North Star. So strategy first, know the customer, know their needs, know the end goal that you're working against and then give it to your creative team, talk through it and then get out of the way and let them do what they do best. And then I do think it's a process from there. It's coming back to the table and reviewing work through an internal creative review and saying, does this really match the brief? Candidly, over the years, this has happened a lot less in my current role, but over the years, I've seen a lot of really beautiful creative that doesn't answer the brief. You get in the room and you're like, this is so fun. And then you go, but that's not what we're trying to do. And you're like, that's so unfortunate. I think I've been I, in a few of those. Because you're like, because I love the work and that's just tough. But but I think the good news is when you have creative and strategic partners, too, who are both passionate about the work and want to get the work to the right space where it's not just emotive or doesn't just doesn't make you feel something, but it also makes you take action. And it really drives a business forward like that is the sweet spot. And so having those healthy conversations and keeping that process going is really important. But strategy, then creative, then strategy back in the room to look at creative. And then fingers crossed, you land in a place that everybody feels good about. Definitely. I've always, I'm a very visual person. And so when we were developing our kind of seven-step proven plan for success in branding here at Craftsman, I really thought about the last two steps of that seven-step process as being strategy and execution. And that's the only part of our, you know, kind of continuum, if you will, that is connected and is cyclical. 
And the reason for that is because strategy really never ends because the market is changing. Your consumer is ever changing, whether that be you're moving into you know, a new demographic because of a new product offering or your, your audience is moving into a new stage of life and you have to change with them. And then also with execution, because that's happening at scale, it gives you so many opportunities to measure and then optimize that content once you move forward and do it again. And I see a lot of mistakes happening where, you know, this is actually why we structure a lot of our contracts this way is because we want to make sure that flexibility is maintained, where we don't just decide, you know, at the end of each year what we're going to do for the next 12 months and then never have a touch point to where we can, you know, adjust that if needed. I feel like it's really important if you're out there listening and you have a 12-month marketing strategy, you need to have at least quarterly reviews of that strategy at the very least. And we really try to do that, you know, a little bit more often, sometimes more informally in the short moments, but long term, you know, we definitely have like a biannual review with a lot of our a lot of our clients. And I've seen in other agencies that I'm sure you've also been a part of, Jen, where those things happen maybe maybe too frequently. <laughs> but at least quarterly is kind of my my metric for success. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I think it's again, I'm I'm always at a happy place in the middle, but I think if you assess it too quickly you you don't give it enough time to live mm -hmm. and breathe and have legs of its own and to really understand the impact of the creative. I think this is where, again, the digital space can be dangerous. Mm. People go, oh, I can launch something today. It needs to be successful tomorrow. And yes, going viral is a real thing. But I also think there are lots of instances. We've personally had this recently at ParentSource where we launched a campaign or we launched a reel. It didn't perform as we had hoped within the first couple of days. And you turn around and a month later, it now has a million plus views. So sometimes you just have to give something a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. Same thing with digital video. You know, I know we experience this a lot when we work together. People wanted to do a 30-day campaign and it's like it just takes longer mm -hmm. uh, to gain legs. So I think there's that. But I think if you give it too long, it runs stale. I think if there are learnings that you don't pause and reflect on and make minor adjustments, you find yourself in in a tough spot too or maybe not gaining optimal results. So yeah, I agree. I think quarterly is is the right cadence there. Definitely. Another thing that I really think of a lot whenever I think of, you know, creative execution and how to, you know, guard that with with proper strategy is whenever you go through a strategic exercise, you really kind of land in a place where you have really key insights about your consumer and you are, you know, making creative decisions based off of that, but it's really important to kind of diversify your creative efforts too. Mm -hmm. You can't just find yourself in one or two different creative lanes. I really believe in a more integrated approach that touches not just a lot of different channels, but touches those channels in ways to where you can actually test what's working on those channels. You don't just assume. And so different types of creative, I think, are really important to consider. And you probably need more types of creative than you originally <laughs> think in your in your strategy, obviously without becoming too convoluted. And, you, and the goal should be to kind of whittle that down to a more focused approach. But if you're just starting out, I would encourage you to embrace the diversity of content that that can really give you those insights. Yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, when you think about the consumer lifecycle, you don't want everybody to be in an awareness phase. Ideally, you move people from awareness to research and then from research to purchase and then mm -hmm. from purchase to affinity. I mean, that's what every brand should really want at the end of the day is you want affinity and loyalty to where your customers, clients, consumers, whoever are pointing people back to, and they are now an awareness driver for you. But you ultimately need messages and mechanisms that are working for each of those life cycles. Again, what's going to work for somebody who's just learning about you is very different from what you would say to somebody who is a, a repeat consumer for your brand. So 
Mm-hmm. I would absolutely agree. Yeah. And I guess kind of like my last thought, and then I'll let you kind of give your your last thoughts as well, is that I know that whenever I listen to podcasts, I always find myself being like, okay, what am I going to take today <laughs> and do? And I think, or or how do I measure myself? And if I was listening to this podcast, I would want somebody to really give me that information. So here is what I would say is your metric for success, listener. I think you found the right mix of strategy and creative if you are creating, deploying, testing, and optimizing in a way that results in improved marketing performance. So if you are going through those you know, four steps, if you're focusing on strategy and letting that define creative and then watching the creative and let that define strategy and you're seeing improved marketing performance, I would really encourage you to just double down on that and continue doing that. And if you haven't necessarily seen your marketing performance becoming better, I would start following some of the things that we've talked about in this podcast because improved marketing performance and improved business performance really is what we're all after. And so I think that you know if you pay attention to what's working and you double down on that, great. And if it's not working, change some things and develop a new strategy and maybe take some time to ask your customers what they want from you because I think you might be surprised with what they say. I think my takeaway is probably not as eloquent. I've learned a lot from you in this session. I would say the creative without strategy is really just something pretty to look at. That's not to diminish the value of the visual arts or storytelling, but from a business perspective, creative without strategy is just something pretty to look at. Hmm. On the flip side, I think strategy without creative is just data. At the end of the day, you have to do something with the insight and you have to tell a story that people want to engage with. Otherwise, it's just a number on a page. And if you're in the B2B world, sometimes that works. But you mm-hmm. still want to present it in, in a way that's really magical. So agreed. I think that it is a true yin and yang. You need both in order to drive a business forward. And like you said, I think it's really important to find the right periods at which to pause, reflect, and then optimize. So Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. That was perfectly eloquent. <laughs> That was kind of you. Thanks, everybody, for for tuning into this. And Jen, thank you for, what is it? It's 5.15 on a Monday. What a sacrifice that you're here. I did give you a bottle of bourbon for being here, so you're welcome. And thank you for being here. Seriously, it's so valuable. And once again, we're all so grateful. When I told the team that Jen was coming into the office today, they were all very excited, so... That's kind. And I really appreciate you inviting me. This is, as you know, something that I, whether I get paid for it or not, I really love to talk about. So yeah, definitely. Well, thanks everybody again for listening. I hope that you have gleaned at least one helpful thing today. And if you, you know, have gained more than one helpful thing, well, kudos to you. That's great. And I'm super excited for what that might mean for your marketing. If you would share this with somebody who you think might be able to benefit, I think that would be awesome. And if you would subscribe to this podcast, we'd love to continue to help you make it to work each day if you have a commute. Take care. We'll talk to you soon.